Good morning. Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, I say that every time that I stand to deliver uh, the message, but I say that this morning with a heightened sense of awareness in light of the global situation with which we are dealing uh, at the present time. Uh, by now, you have at least heard the term coronavirus. Uh, now, I'm not a medical professional. I don't have any medical counsel to offer you, but I am persuaded that there is a better medicine available uh, than any vaccine that man can come up with, uh, and that better medicine is Christ Jesus. And so I am grateful this morning for the fact that God has blessed us uh, with brethren who are able to allow us to worship uh, in spite of the precautions that are being taken and that there are those that are willing to uh, do what is needed uh, to allow others to have uh, that opportunity and that privilege. Uh, a part of the Christian's blessedness is that in Christ Jesus, there is always hope. Uh, it, it would be easy to look at the affairs of this, uh, the state of affairs in this world and become discouraged. Uh, I, I've said that perhaps the news should be called the bad news uh, because it seems like so much of it is. But even in our own lives, things are not always as we would have them to be. But for the Christian, there is always hope. And this hope stems not from who we are, but to whom we belong. Uh, David declared in Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And isn't it good to serve the God who even in light of uh, the coronavirus or SARS or anthrax or whatever it is that uh, may come our way, uh, that gives us hope in Christ Jesus and allows us to live with joy and peace in spite of these things. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. Uh, we want to direct your attention this morning to Matthew chapter 14. Now, that's not uh, a misstatement or a misprint uh, on the slides that you are seeing. I know earlier this week, uh, we had intended to speak this morning from Matthew chapter 7, uh, from the subject, one having authority. Uh, but things change rather quickly about the middle of the week, and uh, we just thought that this message might be a little more relevant uh, to the things that we are facing uh, at this present time. Uh, now, just because we are live streaming doesn't mean you shouldn't have your Bibles, uh, and we don't want you to depend solely on what you can see on the slides. Uh, we want to direct your attention to Matthew chapter 14. Uh, we want to read again there verses 24 and 25. Matthew 14, uh, verse 24 in your Bibles, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Based on the account here recorded for us by Matthew, we want to use this morning as a subject, when you need him most. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in Matthew chapter 14, 
let me say at the outset of this message that I realize that there is never a time that we don't need the Lord. Uh, from the womb to the grave and every second in between, man needs God. Yet there are times when the prevailing circumstances make us more aware of the fact that we need the Lord. Uh, you know, it's nothing like a crisis to help you appreciate, I need God. I know I need him in the morning when I get up, when, when, when I'm having my glass of OJ. I, I, I know I need him uh, when I'm just sitting down watching the football game and everything is fine. But, but there's something uh, about a crisis. There, there's something about things going on that just really call to your mind, I need the Lord. And, and life is filled with challenges and hardships. It, it doesn't matter where you come from or who you know. Uh, everybody has dealt with things like illness or uh, uh, family unrest or relationship problems. It, life is just filled with challenges and hardships. And, and, and I try to observe uh, that God allows two types of storm in your living. And, and I try to observe that there are some things that you can learn from a storm that can't be learned from sunshine. So one of the storms that God will allow in your living is sometimes God allows a storm of correction. And by a storm of correction, when I get out of step with the will of God, in my best interest, God will send me a storm of correction. In your Bibles, in Psalm 119, verse number 67, the psalmist declares, before I was afflicted, I went astray but now have I kept thy word. It is something about trouble, that trouble will just bring you back to God. And I submit to you that Jonah is a prime example of this. Uh, you remember God told Jonah to go down to Nineveh and Jonah ran off the other direction? And God sent Jonah a storm of correction that was quite literally a storm. And from the, uh, the belly of the great fish, Jonah came to realize, I need the Lord. Uh, in Psalm 119, again there, uh, verse number 71, uh, the psalmist says again, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Uh, you know, when God corrects us, when he allows a, a, a storm, a, a, a something to come our way, it, we just have a tendency to want to listen a little more because I understand that I need God's help. And then also, uh, not only does God have a storm of correction, uh, but sometimes God will send you a storm of perfection. When I'm being matured for greater service, God will allow me a storm of perfection. I, I submit to you that Gethsemane and Calvary were storms of perfection for Christ Jesus. Do you remember the words of the Hebrew writer, Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9? He says, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation. Even though Jesus was God in the flesh, there were some things that Jesus needed to learn about the human existence. Jesus needed to learn what it was like to really have to depend on God and not a resort to your own resources. And so when we look at what's going on in our world today, it, maybe this coronavirus is a storm of correction and a storm of perfection rolled up in one. But, but, but in the text that lies before us, the, the apostles encounter a storm of perfection. And, and I know this because the very reason that they are out to sea 
is in obedience to the command of Jesus. That there in verse number 22 there in Matthew 14, the Bible says, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So they are doing what Jesus told them to do. I don't know that it can be said in our world that our world is always doing what God tells us to do. Uh, uh, so maybe God is sending us a storm of correction right now just to try to get us back in step uh, uh, with his will and, and his way. But in life, as individuals, as congregations, and as a brotherhood, every now and then we will go through a storm of perfection. I want to uh, uh, particularize a few things as we look through the text here in Matthew chapter 14. In verse number 24, the Bible says, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. I submit to you, number one, that whenever there is a storm, whenever there's a trouble, whenever there's something going on in life, uh, that the Lord knows what we're going through. And, and according to Mark's parallel account, Jesus was watching them struggle in the storm. In, in Mark 6, verse number 48, it says that Jesus was up on the mountain watching them struggle with guiding the boat because the wind was contrary. And when you look at that, I know we kind of want to commentate on it and say, why didn't Jesus do something? Why was he just standing there just watching? Well, I submit to you that when God is watching, he isn't just watching. See, when God is watching, he's doing something because God never watches to find out what will happen. See, God watches because he cares. Do you know people will watch and it's not necessarily because they care? I think about Jonah again. Jonah sat outside the city of Nineveh to watch what would happen, but not because he cared for the Ninevites. Jonah was sitting out there watching to see if God was going to get them like he said he would. Sometimes people will watch just because they're nosy. They just want to know what's going on. I'm not really interested in trying to help you or, or, or what your situation might be. I'm just curious about what's going on. But God watches because he cares. He's not looking for information. God already knows how it's going to turn out. Uh, you know, when they began to announce this coronavirus, that wasn't news to God. It, it wasn't like God said, oh, what is the coronavirus? It, it wasn't like God didn't know what was going to happen. God is watching, but even when he's watching, he's doing something because he watches because he cares. And it may be that when we're getting all worked up in a lather for God to do something, that he's doing uh, what we need most, and, and that is waiting. Uh, you know, I, I've learned as a parent that removing the struggle isn't always helping. You know, you don't want to see your children struggle, but sometimes the struggle is necessary. I know the reaction is just to run in and, and, and kind of help. And I've learned that sometimes when you think you're helping, you're actually making matters worse. I'm just glad that God knows what we need most. And, and sometimes what we need is just for God to watch because he cares, but to let us deal with what we're going through so that it can make the impression that it needs to make. But appreciate, there's never a time that we go into a storm that God isn't aware of what we're going through. I, I submit to you, it's one thing to know that someone is going through something. 
It's another thing to know what someone is going through. See, sometimes no simply means I'm aware of the fact that there's a problem or an issue. But with Jesus, no means not only am I aware that there's something going on, but I'm able to identify or, or empathize as a matter of a shared or similar experience. Uh, uh, in your Bibles, in Hebrews 4, verse number 15, the Bible says, For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus said, I, I know what it's like to see stuff going on in the world. I, I know what it's like to see people doing things that, that work to their own hurt and, and to care for them. I know what it is to have to rely on the power of the Father. I can identify with what it is that you're going through. So he knows that we're going through something, and he knows what it is to go through what we go through. Uh, uh, temptations, lean times, uh, hard days, friends that let you down, friends that betray you. Jesus has been through it all. A and someone may ask the question, why does this matter? A and I submit to you that it matters because I can't help you with a solution if I don't understand your problem. And note further when we look at Matthew chapter 14 that this wasn't the first storm that the disciples had experienced. Uh, uh, there's a progressive schooling uh, of the 12. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27, Jesus was with them in the boat when, when the storm hit. This time they're alone uh, uh, in the boat when the storm comes. But, but based on what you've been through, do you remember what happened the first time you went through a storm? You were able to depend on me then. And, and this time I've told you, go to the other side. You ought to be able to depend on me now. I, I don't know what's coming after the coronavirus, but whatever comes next, if we ought to say, well, remember when corona came? And remember when people were talking about anthrax and SARS and Y2K? And, uh, you know, we just talk about whatever is, is the thing at the, at the time. We just ought to remember God delivered us from all of those things. And he's still the same God now that he was then. And the worst case for the scenario is even if I catch corona and it kills me, and, and I know like Paul, we may have reasons we want to hang around, but, but even if I catch anthrax, uh, 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 corona, and it takes me out of here, didn't Paul say to die is gain? You see, with Christians, it's a win-win proposition. Either God is going to deliver us and we keep living in his service, or as Paul said, to die is gain. But then looking further there in, in verse number 25, the Bible says, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. I, I submit to you, not only does the Lord know what we're going through, but the Lord knows what we need. Now, what the disciples did not need was somebody to come charging out there in the first watch and, and just calm the storm. It, no, the fourth watch uh, of the night, Jesus waited a good long time before he went out there to help them. And, and, and I could just hear us now, Lord, why did you wait so long? Why don't you do something? We don't always appreciate what it is that we need when it comes to being helped. You know, financial struggles may not indicate that more money is needed. When I have financial struggles, maybe that's God's way of saying to me, you need to be wiser with what you already have. 
See, because if you'll be unwise with what you have, you'll be unwise with more. You know, people that make a lot of money have financial struggles. It's not the amount of money that I have that may be my issue. But not only is it true that we don't always appreciate what it is that we need, uh, uh, this thing is further complicated by the fact that we don't always want what we need. Uh, there have been times when I know what I need, I just wish there was something else. Uh, in Isaiah 30 and verse number 10 in your Bibles, that the Israelites say, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Now, now, whoever you are, whenever the time is, you always need the word of God. But do you see what Israel told the men of God? We don't want the word of God. Tell us what we want to hear. We don't always want what we need. When we look at the text uh, here in Matthew chapter 14, undoubtedly some would say that what the disciples needed was for the storm to be dealt with. But I submit to you, the storm wasn't the real problem. The storm became a problem as a consequence of an underlying problem. And I can imagine in the heat of the moment, the disciples forgot what Jesus had said back in verse number 22. And, and I don't pretend if I had been there that I would have been the voice of reason. But in verse number 22, the Bible said, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. I want y'all to go to the other side of the lake. Now, I know how the journey starts because I'm here. I know how it's going to end because of what Jesus said. Now, I don't know what's going to happen between the start and the finish. It, it may be a storm. It may be smooth sailing. But they ought to have known how the trip was going to end based on what Jesus told them before they got started. I would venture... Uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and I'm not, you know, again, like I say, I don't know that I would have been the voice of reason. I, I don't know that Romans 8, 28 would have been my first thought uh, when the storm came up. Yeah, you know, Paul says that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I, I don't know that would have been my first thought. And, and, and I'm not trying to diminish or ignore the trauma uh, uh, that crisis or critical events can put you through. I, you know, I, I, I'm washing my hands double now. now. Now, I was just raised in a culture where you wash your hands anyway, uh, but I'm washing them twice. And I'm going to just take every precaution. You know, I, I kind of notice if somebody coughs or sneezes. Now, that don't mean you have corona. I, I'm just taking more notice of that. I, I'm trying to do what I can to be wise. Uh, 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 so I don't want to uh, uh, diminish what, what things can put you through. But what the disciples needed was to embrace Jesus as the Son of God and to have faith in him. It didn't matter what, how the waves were. It didn't matter how hard the wind blew. If I trust what Jesus said, Jesus said, go before me on the other side. See, when I lack the, uh, the conviction uh, uh, that my storms, uh, when I lack that conviction, my storms of perfection seem to be the prelude to doom. I, I, and again, I look, I, I, I get it. When you're in a boat and the wind is as strong and the waves are rolling and the boat seems like it's ready to sink, I, look, I, yeah, what you see just counts for something. But, but we need to remember what God said. And, and, and again, this wasn't their first experience with Jesus in a storm. And, and I wonder if God allows storms to come to us 
to show us what, if anything, we learned from the previous storm. You know, maybe God is correct in the world, but maybe God is saying to his children, did you learn anything when people were all up in arms about Y2K? Did you learn anything when people were running around talking about SARS? Uh, remember, this world is not your home. You're just passing through. Don't cling to life and be willing to sacrifice everything that's right, trying to hold on to living. And then third this morning, again from verse number 25, and again it says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. I, I, I submit to you that the Lord knows when we need him most. Now, now Lord, we need you all the time. But, but, but there's a certain time in what I'm going through that I need you to step in for it to really benefit me. Why did Jesus wait until the fourth watch of the night? I, I submit to you that sometimes we have to be at the depth of a struggle for God to make a real impression upon us. We wouldn't appreciate God's deliverance if the danger wasn't real. And, and I remember the old words, you know, he may not come when you call him, but he's always on time. And, and so here comes Jesus. And, uh, uh, and you know, when you're afraid, you'll say a whole lot of things. Now, I know better than ghosts. There's really no such thing as ghosts. But you know, sometimes, and maybe you're at home by yourself and you hear a noise that, uh, that you can't account for. Now, I know there really ain't no such thing as ghosts, but what was that noise? They, they see this figure come walking to them on the water. And I, look, I know there ain't no such thing as ghosts, but, but people just don't come walking across the water, especially in a storm. And, and, and so Peter, he says, Lord, if it's you, verse 28, bid me to come to you on the water. And, and people may talk about the fact that Peter began to sink, but I choose to know that Peter was the only one that got out the boat in the first place. And notice it was when he began to sink, that Jesus stretched out his hand to save him. So in spite of what the circumstances may seem to be saying, God always has a plan for his children. I remember the great word of comfort in Jeremiah 29, verse number 11. There the Lord says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And what God was saying to Israel, and we serve the same God that they serve, God said, don't just look at what's going on. See, what you can see doesn't always accurately tell you what's going on. God said, I, I know what I'm doing. I know you all don't want to be captives in Babylon, and I know being a captive is hard. But God said, but I have your best interest at heart. I'm working on something much bigger than just your personal comfort of the moment. I'm glad that God knows when we need him most and that God knows what we really need. And, and, and I don't know how long, you know, things are going to be different. I, I don't know how long it's going to be before we're able to meet at the church building again. I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't have those answers. But I know God. And I trust God's faithfulness. And I trust that what needs to be done will be done because everything operates under the hand of the Almighty God. I believe that's why Paul was able to tell us Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Now, he's not saying don't take the precautions that you can. He's not saying don't wash your hands. You know, don't, don't mind where you go and who you're around and all of that. Yeah, be wise, but don't sit up at night worried about it. 
it, God is still on the throne and Jesus is still Lord, whether you have corona or not. And, and, and again, I'm thankful that, that, you know, if we catch it and leave here, and I'm not trying to catch it, but, but I'm glad for the word of Jesus, in my father's house are many mansions. Paul said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I would venture that everybody's prayer life has gotten a little more intense uh, uh, with this corona thing. Maybe that's just God's way of reminding us that, you know what, y'all need me. And you won't believe me just because I tell you through my word. Maybe some things just need to go on uh, uh, in your living. Remember, Christianity is a faith walk. And the great comfort of being a God's child is that God is able and he's always there when we need him most. God bids men to come to him uh, 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 through Christ Jesus. He, he, he stands with open arms welcoming, welcoming us uh, into the family of God. And, and he calls us by the gospel of Christ Jesus, requiring that we hear the good news that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Romans 10, 17 declares, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He requires that we believe Jesus to be the Christ. Uh, Acts 8, verse 37, uh, uh, there the, uh, Philip was studying with the Ethiopian eunuch and, and he asked the question, see here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip answered him, if you believe with all your heart, you may. God requires that we be willing to repent of sin. Uh, Acts 17, verse 30 says, at the times of this ignorance, God winked, but now he commands that all men everywhere uh, uh, repent. And repentance is a change of mind, which leads to a change of living. God says, I'm going to be the shot caller in your life. He requires that we confess faith in Christ Jesus, Matthew 10, 32. Jesus says, whosoever therefore shall confess me before man, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. And then he requires that we be baptized in water for the remission of sins. First Peter 3, verse 21 in your Bibles, uh, uh, there Peter says, the like figure whereunto baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Baptism makes a difference because it is God's say-so. God says, this is how I choose to redeem mankind to myself. And after that, he requires that we live obediently after his word and after his will. In Matthew 28, verse number 20, part of what we call the Great Commission, Jesus gave the command to his disciples to go into the world, to teach them, to baptize them. And then in verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He is the God who is there when we need him most. I know we need him all the time, but Lord, we sure need you now with this corona thing going around. I'm just glad that he is the almighty God that is ever faithful, that can always be depended on. If you're listening to this message and you wanna respond in baptism, uh, we invite you to reach out to our elders at uh, www.laurelchurch.net. Uh, make your request known there and we are willing uh, to meet your need. At this time, we'll have the song of invitation. Just as I am.
without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to